0: I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. That should be our theme song for this whole season, right? Our scripture today comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the, holy, the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet. Put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am now an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly, as I must speak. If you notice, we've been making our way through a lot of Ephesians, and we have been talking about all of these things that Paul believes that we should be doing as Christians to live out our Christian faith and to continue to grow in our relationship with God. Just to recap briefly because I know some haven't been here all of the weeks. We we learned that we have to be full of God all the time. That there is not a moment in our lives in which we can say we had enough God, we take a break, you know, we don't need more God. We always need to be full of God and His presence. That we need to manage our anger so that we don't let our anger turn into sinning. That we need to manage our time so that we can make the most of it. And make it productive for the kingdom of God. Because the days are evil. And we also learn that we need to be equipped with the wisdom that only God can provide. Wisdom that allows us to be thankful and praise Him even in the middle of the storm. Even in the middle of pandemics. Even in the middle of need. Even in the middle of illness. Paul knew that this advice was a lot to do. That all of these things were a tall order for the Christians in Ephesus. I can already imagine him thinking when they read this, they're going to go, how in the world do we do all of these things? And to answer that question before they can even ask it, Paul writes this chapter about the armor of God. He basically says, you have to begin by seeking to be strengthened in the might of God. It's, the translation sometimes doesn't do it justice because it says to be strong in the Lord. But to be strong in the Lord almost makes it sound like each one of us should hit our spiritual gym and build our spiritual muscle on our own and somehow become buff in the spirit. When the reality is that what the verse says in the Greek is to be strengthened in the strength or the might or the power of God. In other words, that it is something that we ask God to grant us and God gives it to us. And why do we need it? Because he says a battle is ensuing and we have to be strong. He says, you got to gear up. And gearing up, requires strength that you don't have on your own I mean this is so important because you know we, we always want to be tough and strong and basically what Paul is saying is you need to ask God to give you strength because your strength is never going to be enough when you are made weak he is made strong in you but when you try to act all tough then you don't allow space for his strength to be your strength so he says finally be strengthened Be strengthened in the might of the Lord, because you have to gear up for the battle. Now, we've all heard the phrase, dress for the part. Basically, what it means is that you should dress appropriately for whatever activity you want to engage in, right? Unfortunately, we have all experienced people at places dressed not appropriately for the event that they are engaging in. Walmart is a great example. You know, Waffle House at 2 in the morning, another great example. You know, there's places where you'll go and you'll be like, these people aren't dressed for the activity or the event or the place or the situation that they're in. And what Paul was saying, you are about to enter into a time of battle and struggle because you are now declaring Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that basically puts a bullseye on the back of your head. It puts a bullseye in your heart. It puts a bullseye in every part of your life because the enemy is not happy that you are now becoming a soldier for Christ. You're joining the mighty army of God. And so you have to prepare yourself, and this fight is going to require you to be strengthened because you can't fight this fight on the regular terms that you would normally fight a fight. You know, if you were going to fight somebody on the street, You would try to look for technique. You would like to overpower them. You would like to maybe even cheat in order to beat them. But the fight that he's talking about, he says, is not a fight that is against flesh and blood. It is not the kind of fight that is won by brute strength. It is only won with the help of God who strengthens us. And it is only possible when we don the whole armor of God. Strength is what is needed for the fight, but it's really spiritual strength and not physical strength. And you know, this reminds me that God has more strength in his pinky than all of our strength combined. You know, we forget that he uttered words and things came into existence in our world. We forget that Universes were created, and galaxies sprung into action because he said a word. The strength that we're talking about is a strength that surpasses even our imagination. But it is a strength that is needed for this kind of battle because we are fighting against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the present age, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And because this fight is ongoing and not just a momentary thing. You know, when, when I did high school track, I always loved sprints because you just burst and you're done. You get to crash, you know. You did your whole 100 meters and you were done. But what he was saying was this battle is going to be a long battle. You're going to need endurance. You're going to need strength and you're going to need the right gear. The whole armor of God. And the key word here is whole and God. You need all of God. All of what God has to offer. And every piece is going to be important. If you don't have a full set of armor, you're going to be vulnerable. Now, whenever we all think about sets of armor, we think about the Middle Ages and the big, heavy cast iron, you know, the full that they almost look like robots moving because it's so heavy. This armor is really not like that, even though that's the picture. If you look up armor of God, you're going to see suits of armor like that. But if you think about it and you read the scripture, you notice that this armor is quite unique. It is a set of armor whose strength comes from the Lord to protect us in our weakest points by exactly what we need to fight the attack that's coming our way. Because Paul wants us to be able to withstand all the evil of the day. He says, having done all of these things, stand firm. And he knows you can't do it without God. So He says, full armor of God, the whole thing. And he begins with the pieces. And I want to go through them. I know you've heard these before, by the way. I'm not naive. You've studied the armor of God. You've done it in Sunday school. you've, You've done Bible studies on it, right? How many of you have done Bible studies on the armor of God? I mean, several. Oh, so many of you, right? Books have been written on this 10 verses, by the way. Because it's one of the most read scriptures, by the way, and studied scriptures. Because we all want to understand what it means. But I want to go through it real quickly because I think that sometimes we make assumptions about these parts based on our imagination of what an armor looks like in terms of those middle age kind of uh, armors. So he says, fasten the belt of truth around your waist. Now, you got to remember that Paul has already told us that we have to stay away from slander, evil talk, and all deceit. He's already told us that we serve a God of truth. So it makes sense that the, the attribute that goes with the belt is truth. And I don't care what the young people say, belts are required or your pants fall down. You know, you see that, you know, trying to keep your pants up as you walk. It's because you don't have a belt. You need a belt. A belt keeps the outfit together. It keeps you from getting exposed. You know, your pants drop, you're going to fall. You're going to stumble. You're going to be vulnerable. The truth of the belt is important because it's what keeps the whole armor together. It's what reminds us that we are God's and he is ours. It's what reminds us that God loves us. It is what reminds us that we are children of God when the devil wants to say we're not. It's what reminds us that we have God's blessing and God's grace because of Jesus. You know, the devil wants to make you think that you're less than or not able to receive all of that stuff that God has for you. And you need the belt of truth to be reminded of those things. You know, the devil is the master of distraction. He'll do everything in your power to distract you one way or another. And you know, when you're busy trying to keep your pants up because you didn't wear a belt, you're not paying attention. And it can be dangerous. The belt is not optional. It's necessary for us in the armor of God. Then you have to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, we all know the breastplate, right? Covers your, all your vital organs. But do you realize the breastplate actually goes all the way around? It covers the whole midsection of the body. A, bre- a true breastplate covers everything. Back in the Middle Ages, it was two solid pieces that came together and were bolted on the side. That's why one of the reasons it was so heavy. And it did protect everything. The breastplate is that part which protects all of the vital organs. It protects your heart, protects everything that is vital to your survival because, let's face it, they could hit your arm or hit your leg and you'll still live. But they hit your heart, you're done. And so the breastplate is extremely important because it protects that which is most important in our, in our existence. And this is the breastplate of righteousness. And here I'm going to show my geeky side, and those people that know a little bit of geeky games will be able to relate. Some of you remember a game called Dungeons and & Dragons. And in Dungeons & Dragons, you get to role-play characters, and you get gear, and you wear it. And one of the things about Dungeons & Dragons is that each armor piece Sometimes we'll come with special attributes. You know, this one adds five health points to you. This one adds the ability to walk on water. This one adds, you know, fire resistance or whatever. And when it comes to the armor of God, we don't realize it, but it's a special set. It's got special attributes all over it. The breastplate is the breastplate of righteousness because it attributes to us the righteousness of Christ when we wear it. It dresses us up in the righteousness that Christ paid for on the cross and makes it our own. When when the world comes against us, when the enemy comes to accuse us, it is the righteousness of Christ that stands between us and the attack. Because none of us can stand on our own righteousness. It is attributed through Christ. Christ. When the enemy comes and tries to make us feel less than, it is the righteousness of Christ that says, we were worthy of Christ dying on the cross for us. We were worthy of God sending his son into the world for us. And God loves us enough, more than enough, to forgive all of our sins. So the breastplate is extremely important because without it, your vital organs, your your heart would be unprotected. Next, we're told that we put on the shoes for our feet. Whatever will make us ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. And this is one of the places where I think that the armor imagination that we have actually goes wrong. Function is more important than fashion. Can we agree on that? When it comes to the armor of God, Function is more important than fashion. The shoes that we wear in the armor of God are not about us looking good to other people or to the world. They're not about us being flashy or standing out so that we can get attention. The shoes that we are to wear are those which make us ready to witness for Jesus Christ to others. And because we are different people, and because we are made differently in terms of our personalities, uh, the way we communicate, the way we express ourselves, the way we live out our faith, I believe that this is the only part of the armor of God that in every single one of us is actually different. Because your shoes are not my shoes. The way you witness and are comfortable in sharing the gospel of peace of Jesus Christ is not going to be the same as mine. And therefore, really, in the armor of God, your shoes might be different than mine. Because he says it's whatever will make you ready to share the gospel of peace. And what you need to share the gospel of peace might be different than what I need. Maybe you're a shy and quiet person and what you need is an opportunity to show through actions that you love Jesus. Maybe you're an outgoing person and you just need that opportunity to just talk to somebody about Jesus and tell them your testimony. But whatever it is, we can agree that the shoes that you need to wear are the shoes that allow you the best to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those you come in contact with. And again, words are optional. It's a matter of sharing Jesus and the gospel, not necessarily using words, but our own lives and our testimony and the way we live. We said that functionality is important. Think about it. You wouldn't wear boots to go swimming or flip-flops to go skiing or high heels to run but you know there's always somebody who tries usually don't do very well why because each shoe is designed with the activity in mind and i think that this is what paul was getting at you have to know yourself and you have to find for yourself where it is that god is calling you to share the gospel and how he wants you to do it and how you are most comfortable with that activity of evangelism. You know, people give evangelism a bad name because they think evangelism is only go knock on somebody's door when evangelism is so much bigger than that. And what Paul was saying is you need to wear the shoes that make it possible for you to go and share the gospel. But notice that barefoot is not an option. You know why? Because when you bear, go barefoot, you move too slow. And you are at risk of cutting or hurting yourself. So you need to wear the shoes. Put on shoes, the ones that will help you to move the best to share Jesus with someone else. And then he says, with all of these, in other words, don't pick and choose the ones that you like out of the ones that I've mentioned. Don't go, oh, I love the helmet, I love the breastplate, but I don't know about the shoes. No, no. He says, with all of these that I have told you about, add now the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The shield is utterly important because attacks are going to come. It's not a question of if you will be attacked but when you will be attacked. And I can tell you that because I've lived that in my own experience. You know, there are days when I'm having a great day, and then there's days where it feels like the enemy's coming in every direction. And so what he's saying is you need to have the shield of faith. The shield of faith is something that you you use to ward off the attacks of the enemy. And if you have ever seen one of the movies, you know, the shield is used on the offhand because you have your sword or your weapon on the other hand. But here's the thing. The shield is one of the parts of the armor that just cannot remain static. If the attack comes up high, you've got to raise it up. And if the attack comes low, you've got to lower it. And the reality is that the enemy is going to hit you low, it's going to hit you middle, it's going to hit you high. He's going to go left, he's going to go right, he's going to try to attack from behind. If you are not paying attention and moving that shield of faith into place, he'll land that attack. It's called the shield of faith because it reminds us that our hope is not in ourselves. It's not in what we are able to do by our strength. It's not called the shield of success, it's not called the shield of wealth, it's not called the shield of what other people think of me, it's the shield of faith and trust in God. Knowing that He is our protection and He is our strength. When we don't raise the shield, we leave ourselves vulnerable to the attack. The shield of faith, much like the breastplate of righteousness, is very special gear. Because without faith, we can't please God. If we cannot believe and trust in him, he can't be our God. He requires our faith to save us. He requires our faith to help us. We got to call out to him for him to answer. The shield reminds us that we have to learn to recognize the attacks as well. You know, He began by saying that this fight was not against flesh and blood. But how many times do we treat situations in our life as if we were fighting with other people? Instead of looking for the ways in which the enemy is trying to use our situations to attack us and steal our faith. Paul was saying you need to recognize the attack so that you can move that shield into place. You need to learn to recognize the enemy for who he is so that you can call him out and remind them of your faith. Remind them that you trust in God. Remind them that you believe in Jesus Christ. Remind them that you're not going to play by his rules. You're going to follow God's rules. Then he says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it's interesting that he puts these two together. The helmet of salvation, of course, protects our head, which reminds us of our thoughts. You know, we've all, most of us have recited that scripture that says to keep, hold all thoughts captive to the Lord, you know, that everything, even our thoughts, have to serve God. Even our thoughts have to come into alignment with the will of God. Even our thoughts have to be given over to him. Even our concerns that are up here have to be turned over to the throne room. And so what he's saying here is that the the, the helmet that protects our thoughts is the knowledge that we are saved in Jesus Christ. It is the helmet of salvation that reminds us that this battle is nothing but a battle because the war has already been won. You know, we are in a battle, but the war has already ended. Jesus took it all to the cross. There is not a thing that Jesus left out that we still have to work out to earn our salvation. He paid the full price. Our thoughts have to be protected from the enemy's attacks because the enemy will try to plant thoughts into your head. If you don't believe it, just look at somebody and notice how the enemy starts making you think things, and you're going, why am I even thinking that of that person? Or why am I even got these feelings welling up? And a lot of times it's the enemy throwing that attack at you. And if you're not wearing the helmet of salvation, if you're not reminding him that you are a child of God, that you believe in Christ, then he'll continue to plug in those thoughts. The helmet of salvation constantly reminds us that we are not people who are condemned, that we are people who are redeemed and already saved. You know, it's different to fight a battle as somebody who's already won and to fight a battle as somebody who is being defeated. He's saying you can't fight as somebody who is being defeated. You can't just go with the culture of defeat And despair. You have to proclaim victory in Jesus. And then he combines that with the sword of the spirit. And he tells us that it is the word of God. And it's the only offensive, we all know, it's the only offensive part of the armor, right? The sword of the spirit. And he says it's the word of God. And so how is the word of God the sword of the spirit? Because the devil is the father of lies. And what he uses is words and thoughts and ideas to try to corrupt us and try to trick us and try to lead us astray. So it makes sense that it would be the truth of God revealed in Scripture, that it is our tool to fight him in the spiritual sense. That we actually go at him with the word of God. This is what Jesus did when he was tempted. He quoted scripture back to the devil. He quoted the word of God and reminded the devil of what God had stated in scripture. Because he knew that for the word of God, there was no counter. You know, that's one of the things I love about this this armor. This armor don't break. No matter what the devil throws at you, this armor won't break. The only question is, will you wear it or will it be off on the side? The armor is sturdy. It's strong because it has the might of God. But are you wearing it is the question. You see, no set of armor would be complete without an offensive weapon. But if it was an offensive weapon that depended on us and our strength, on how fast we could swing or how far we could throw, then it wouldn't be the offensive weapon that God would want us to use because he wants the fight to be fought on his terms not on the devil's terms. He wants us to fight it in the Spirit. And for that reason, he brings us to prayer. He says, in order for all of this to work, you need to pray all the time. You need to be in communication with your Holy Father. You need to be letting God know where you are on the battlefield. You know, one of the things that you learn from people in the military is that they, had great, they have great communication if they're going to be effective. Because if this platoon doesn't know what this other platoon is doing, they might end up shooting at each other out there in the battlefield. And how many times have we seen that among Christians? That they go at each other because they don't even realize the enemy has pinned them against each other. And how many times have we seen that somebody is out on left field because they didn't get the word from God that everybody was to go that way? (laughs) You know, it's a matter of us continuing to communicate with the chain of command that the chain of command is us, God. (laughs) Sorry, there's nobody else in between. Not even me, not the pastor, not the administrative board. No, No, it's me and God, me and Jesus directly. That's why Jesus went to the cross, so you didn't need somebody in between. But you need to keep that communication. He says, you fight this fight on your knees. You fight this fight in prayer. You fight this fight by continuing to remind yourself that you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but that you're fighting against spiritual forces of evil. And then so that they realize that he's speaking from experience. Paul says, pray for me because I'm in the battle with you. You see, Paul was saying, I am not some general sitting behind a desk a hundred million miles away. I am a soldier of Christ just like you in the field, and I need you to pray for me so that I will have the right words, the right message to share Jesus Christ as an ambassador in chains where God has placed me. And I need your prayers. He says, I want you to pray for me so that I too may stand on that day. And I want to tell you, For us that we are in leadership, in church, and in ministry, we covet your prayers, and we feel them too. You know, we feel them when people are praying for us. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but there are times when you're praying to God, and God will reveal to you that people are praying for you, and it is such a wonderful experience at that time to know that other Christians are lifting you up in prayer. And Paul was wanting that from the Ephesians. He was saying, I want you to know that I am in the trenches with you and that I am struggling just as you are. You know, that's why Paul was so transparent. He said, you know, I fight to do the right that I want to do, but I end up doing the bad. He wanted them to understand that he knew their struggles. And I want you to understand that I understand your struggles and your frustrations. This is not an easy season. But it is a season that we will be victorious over in Jesus Christ. Because He has given us His full armor so that we can make it through this battle. At the end of this scripture, He basically just says, I want to be able to stand boldly for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even if I'm in chains even if my situation is dire, even if it looks bad for me personally, I want the name of Jesus to be glorified. But for God's sakes, put on the armor. Don't go out there in your pajamas. You know what we wear for COVID? Not appropriate for Christian battle. Pajamas and flip-flops. You got to don the whole armor of God. I pray that today you're inviting God to give you every piece. That if there's any piece that you have put to the side because you just don't know how to put it on, don't know how to wear it, don't know how it fits into everything else that you're doing, that God will give you the wisdom today to pick it up, put it on, and use it. Every piece is important if you're going to get protected from those attacks. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this word. I thank you because you are ministering to each and every one of us, Lord. You know that we are in the trenches. You know that we are fighting this fight of your kingdom, Lord. And we're trying to share the good news of Jesus Christ with everybody around us. Lord, situations can be dire at times and, and at times test our patience and so many other things. But, oh Lord, remind us that our hope is in you. Remind us that our victory is in Jesus. Remind us that we are waiting for that day when you will come to redeem this earth from all that it is. We ask, O Lord, that you will continue to move us forward, that you will continue to keep us healthy, that you will allow us to continue to worship in your house and to stay safe. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.